Good morning, good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. Each week our doors are opened and this building welcomes us in. We travel from the places in our individual lives and we gather here together creating a space in which to be and in this space may each of us feel free to be who we truly are may each of us feel safe enough to face what we need to face may each of us be strengthened strengthened to explore new heights and new depths let's declare that this day we are resting on holy ground that the earth herself holds us and that the living energy of our planet and indeed of our universe is flowing through us as it flows through all that exists. We're in the time of midwinter, in the days between Christmas and the new year. So let's imagine ourselves on a threshold, a moment in which to pause and take stock and reflect knowing as we do that this is the only moment that there is <clears throat> the future is unknown the past is over and we have the gift of now of each breath and each moment so i invite you to take a conscious breath And if it feels right, to use it as an opportunity when you breathe out to let go of anything that you feel ready to let go of. And to breathe in that which you wish to welcome into your life as I welcome you here this day. And this chalice flame is lit on the brink of a new year. Letting go of what has been, open and hopeful for what may come, renewed, restored, ready to live life anew. <clears throat> may we move forward together in love. We've got, um, we've got two short readings for you now. Um, this, this first piece is written by um, Pablo Casals, and it's called You Are a Marvel. <coughs> I wonder if this might speak to you. Each second we live is a new and unique moment of the universe a moment that will never be again. And what do we teach our children? We teach them that two and two makes four and that Paris is the capital of France. When will we also teach them what they are? We could say to each of them, do you know what you are? You, you are a marvel. You are unique. In all the years that have passed, there has never been a child like you. 
your legs, your arms, your clever fingers, the way that you move. You may become a Shakespeare, a Michelangelo, a Beethoven. You have the capacity for everything. Yes, you are a marvel. And when you grow up, can you then harm another who is like you, a marvel? You must work. We must all work to make the world worthy of its children. Words by Pablo Casals. And it's a reading that we Unitarians often use at child blessing ceremonies. Whenever I've used it, I've always then added that what most children need, I think, is the encouragement and the space to be themselves and not to have any expectations of being the next Michelangelo being placed upon their young shoulders. So I was also glad when Simon John Barlow, um, a long-time friend of this congregation, wrote a companion piece aimed at us adults specifically, reminding us that we too are marvels and that our potential to express divinity through our living remains with us always through our lives. Thank you, Brian. Each moment we live is a new truth and a fresh beauty. And what is it we demand of our adults? We require that they earn their own living and take responsibility for their creations. When will we also ask that they remember what they are? We should say to each adult, do you know what you are? You are a marvel of unparalleled beauty. You are a unique truth in the cosmos. In all the years that have passed, there has never been another like you. The warmth of your smile, the light of experience in your eyes, the work wrinkled hands of caring, the well-used body caressed by time into comforting shapes, the store of memories and thoughts unknown before, all these bridge the gaps between each of us and bring glimpses of God. You may be or have been an accountant or a nurse, a secretary or a writer, a teacher, an engineer, a cook or a bricklayer, a farmer or a homemaker, a manager or a parent, a musician or a minister but you still have the capacity for anything. Yes, you are a marvel. You must work. We all must work at making our universe more truthful, our world more beautiful. We must celebrate the truth and beauty we each are, as we become the potential that is, the divine in all. Then let us go out together and commit beauty and kindness in our world. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Simon John. And that leads into a time of reflection and prayer now. So let's, let's ready ourselves to turn inwards.
as I invite each of us to connect with something greater than simply ourselves. Be that the God of our hearts and our understanding, a sense of oneness with all that is, our higher self, aware of each of us in this room and the common humanity that we share. Aware of the individuality within which we live and are expressed. Yet able in times such as this perhaps to melt a little. To know that we are part of something greater than ourselves. Our little lives part of something infinitely greater. Comforted, perhaps, by a whispered message from that which we hold to be divine. A whispered message that reminds us that we are not alone. Whatever grief or joy we carry this day, whatever secret hope or shame is ours, let us know that it is not ours alone. Whatever we carry that feels burdensome, let us offer it up. Let us not suffer by imagining that we carry a burden alone or that any experience is totally unique. Every path has the footsteps of others upon it. Only the particular step, the gait, the movement in the dance, that is uniquely ours. The particular gift and flavor we bring to this remarkable adventure called life. Let us pray for the turning of the years, for years old and new, for all the hopes and disappointments we have experienced. May we set aside our disappointments and nurture our hopes with a steady resilience reminding us that change is possible and that the search for greater justice in our world is a task we carry, a responsibility we hold, alongside gratitude for the gift of life we are given. And as we offer up our own life issues, let us offer to the issues of our world Let us pray that each child and each adult 
may be given a chance. A chance to live. A chance to enjoy. A chance to flourish and to know their potential. So may this day all beings find some peace within our hearts and a greater understanding of the part we can best play in this mysterious thing called life. Amen. The story is told that once upon a time there was a master violin maker. His instruments were exquisite and the sound that could be drawn forth from them was beyond description. He only accepted a, a small number of apprentices and he took them through the long and arduous process of making a violin from the choice of the tree to how to string the piece at the very end after the varnish. And there was one apprentice, an especially adept one, who had trouble with only one aspect of the whole process of violin making, and that was the choice of the wood. He'd mastered all the other levels but would balk at the choice of which tree to mark and cut to form the base of the violin. Finally one day, the master took him out to the forest once again. It was the dead of winter. It was a frightfully cold and windy day, with snow swirling and ice thickly hung in all the trees. They walked north, and the master started marking out the trees. Why? The apprentice queried, why these? Ah, the master answered, they face due north and they take the brunt of the wind, the chill and the ice. They make the best violins. So the master and the apprentice returned and the storm grew stronger and, and the student asked his teacher, master, doesn't it bother you to think about the trees that you marked? standing alone now in the wind, standing against all this ice and fury. Have you no pity for them? And the master eyed him and smiled. No, no, not at all. You see, they are being tuned. So storms harden wood. And that's a good thing for wood. But we humans, well, we need a certain toughness, don't we? And yet we know all too well the problems caused by hardened hearts and rigid thinking. So perhaps we need to explore another image. And here is one, an image from Howard Thurman, who is a prominent African-American author, theologian, religious leader, part of an important part of the civil rights movement. And he used the image of our green and growing edge. And I'm going to use that in a time of meditation now. So there'll be a very short reading from Howard Thurman. And then we're going to have some music from Peter, our pianist today. And then let's hold a good few minutes in silence when the music stops. 
and, and if you want to keep this image in your mind of a, a green and growing edge in your life. So Thurman wrote, and he's speaking about age here, but actually I'm not sure age comes into this at all. I, I had my rigid moments when I was uh, considerably younger than I am now. See what you think. He wrote that the hard thing when you get older is to keep your horizons open. The first part of your life, everything is in front of you, all your potential and promise. But over the years, you make decisions, you carve yourself into a given shape. Then the challenge is to keep discovering the green growing edge. So, Whatever your age and whatever your situation in life at this moment, I invite you now to take into our time of meditation a consideration of what that green growing edge might mean for you now and in the year that lies ahead. So let's settle ourselves for a time of meditation. Let's put down anything that we don't need to hold on to or hold on to whatever it is that would help us settle Let's allow the gentle rhythm of our own breathing to steady us, to ground us, aware of, as we are of our feet on the floor and are sitting in these seats, the sounds outside on the streets, and yet we are able to turn inwards now, softening our gaze or closing our eyes or focusing on the candles or holding your pine cone, whatever works best for you, I invite you to consider what the green growing edge means in your life at the moment.
Well, it, um, it says here on the order of service that this section is going to be about infinite potential. And I'm immediately going to spoil it for you because unless you're under the age of one and unless you're born into ideal and unlikely circumstances, well, there's a mighty list we could each write, isn't there, of things we are never going to be able to do. I will not ever play the piano like Peter, our pianist. <laughs> I will not speak other languages like Marianne and Michaela. I won't dance the rumba like you, Jane. <laughs> yep, I could perhaps learn to play a simple tune if Peter was a very patient teacher with a lot of time to spare when I know he has none. And yes, I, I could learn a few words in another language if I made the effort, which I patently haven't made for the previous 65 years of my life. And I reckon, Jane, you could teach me a simple ballroom dance if you wore steel toe caps to protect yourself from my two left feet. Coming to terms with who we are and what we are capable of is all part of growing up isn't it? We, we learn that none of us can have it all. But part of growing spiritually is, I'm going to argue, maintaining what Howard Thurman described as our green growing edge and nurturing that throughout our lives. That's our spiritual task. Our social task, I reckon, is to keep working to build a world in which each child has the necessary circumstances in which to fulfill at least some of their potential. If a single child is hungry, if a single child has only dirty water to drink, and if a single child does not have access to free education, then we've all got some tasks to be getting on with. Yet we know that this world will never be a completely fair and equal place to be for all children. But surely, surely we can do just a little more to try and level the ground. Yet we heard the story earlier on of the master violin maker who knew that the best wood, the hardest wood, came from trees that had faced the storms. Adversity had strengthened those trees. <coughs> And it's the same for us humans. If life is too easy, we miss out on the strengthening opportunities. But storms blow some trees over, and adversity when it is too great, or when we are not prepared for it, adversity can indeed be far too much to deal with. You were offered a pine cone when you came in this morning, and if you haven't got one, seem to have managed to already lose my oh no I've got two <laughs> but if you didn't get one there are some mighty pine cones on the table here and you're welcome to help yourself to one of those I've made good use out of these pine cones they've been part of our winter display here at Essex Church we've been using them in our solstice gatherings to remind us of nature's generosity and exuberance a pine cone doesn't produce one seed. It produces lots and lots and lots of them. And it releases them into the world as potential new pine trees. Very few, if any of these seeds, will result in a fully grown pine tree. A lot can go wrong along the way. 
or a lot of squirrels can be fed. That's how the natural world works. Ten years ago, we were celebrating the 200th anniversary of Charles Darwin's birth. He had Unitarian connections, so, so we, of course, claimed him as our very own Charles Darwin, whose theories on the origin of species brought so many new insights to scientific thinking. But personally, I've never actually recovered from looking at Darwin's sketch, and a sketch it was, of a single tree of life, and, and reading that 97% of species that have ever existed here on Earth are now extinct. I could just weep about those 97% of species that I'm never going to meet. Darwin's evolutionary tree brings another perspective on nature's exuberance and infinite potential. If life evolves through, this is his quote, descent with modification by means of natural selection, then inevitably a lot of branches on that tree just come to an end. Nothing lasts, nothing stays the same be that in our own one lifetime or in the lifetime of a whole species of creatures. For most species on Darwin's tree of life, life just happened, didn't it? We humans, though, with our reflective capacity and our imaginations, we can do a great deal of thinking about life's turning points, sometimes perhaps too much thinking about life's potential turning points, and there are times of change in our lives when, when decisions are needed. I'm grateful to whatever course I went on where they told us that one Latin root of the word decide is, and I don't know how to say this because I'm so lousy at languages, cadere, to cut. When we make decisions, we potentially cut away alternative choices. No wonder then that we sometimes find it hard to decide, to choose one path over another. Yet we cannot take every path. We cannot fulfill every potential. So not surprising then that humanity has created so many ways of helping us to reach a decision because we can find it so very, very hard. We might speak, mightn't we, of consulting our own inner guidance or asking God for wisdom or offering the decision up to some higher power. We might consult sources of divination, some of them very ancient, the I Ching or rune stones, the tarot deck of cards. The Taoists speak of being in the flow, don't they? That Wu Wei sense of the choice being right, just knowing it inwardly. Some people weigh their decisions alongside the principles that they're using to guide their lives, a kind of moral compass that's helping them to set their course. Others seek the wisdom of teachers and those who they trust, who inspire them to be their guides. Here between Christmas and New Year, I like to think of those wise ones of the nativity story, making their way towards the place of Jesus' birth, birth guided by a star. And perhaps their trust in that star is something we can cultivate in our own lives. A kind of inner knowing, born of doing the slow preparatory work on ourselves and our own development.
And so I invite you now to hold your pine cone or pine cones if they have already multiplied and, and to think of an issue that you are pondering in life. Allow the pine cone's infinite potential to inspire you, to keep your mind and heart open, to retain your own green and growing edge. Let's sit for a minute with an issue that matters to us as Peter plays some gentle music. And let's not expect answers, but, but let's rather nurture our own capacity for patience, for trust and for gratitude. And for these are valuable qualities to hold in reflective times, patience, trust and gratitude. So feel free to take your pine cone and a friend home with you. And if you're listening to this service as a podcast sometime in the future, on our order of service here, we have a picture of an ordinary pine cone that has several little shoots growing from it. May your choices bring you new green shoots in the years ahead, in the year that lies ahead. And when the way is uncertain, May your own sense of a guiding star show you the way. Amen. David Spangler wrote, To my inner perceptions, the whole of creation is constantly in a state of birthing. Myriad possibilities, potentials, insights, energies and qualities are emerging daily and we are deeply woven into that process as midwives, participants, creations, creatures, 
and co-creators all rolled into one. So in this week that lies ahead, as an old year draws to its close and a new year and a new decade begin, let us pause for a while and consider that which calls to us next and consider the resources, both inner and outer, that we will need. Then let us rest back for a while in gratitude and trust. Amen. Go well and blessed be. Thank you.